Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 219, artistic photographer Asher Milgate explains his creative and personal journey to create Survivors, a multifaceted storytelling project sharing voices of elders from the Wiradjuri Nation. We discuss why it's so important for non-Indigenous Australians to become more engaged and gain greater understanding of Australia's Aboriginal culture and history. Asher also shares from his personal experience how to navigate this respectfully. This is Asher's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Asha, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to delving into some of your stories. But before we do, I've asked you to bring along an item of significance. Uh, and I'd love you to explain what that is to give us a bit of context around Asha and the journey you've been on. Okay. Well, this is a, a teapot, um, wow. an ornate teapot. It is. Looking at the Duke of Wellington. And the reason I bought this initially was because I was in a uh, an artist residency and I was telling the history of the town through that res- residency in Wellington. And one of the other reasons I got it was because of the, the colonial history. And it helps me remember the British Crown came to Wellington. It was for agric- an agricultural farm, basically. So they could send, you know, grow crops, send it back to Bathurst and send it back to Sydney. And to have that as a I guess it, it reminds me and these peaks remind me of home and that history and I guess my people and the impacts that it's happened that has happened in the town I grew up in in Wellington New South Wales it is a gorgeous teapot and it's so interesting because I think it does contrast to the story that we're going to talk about it's a direct contrast about the impact as you mentioned and growing up in Wellington because you then went on a journey to try and understand the first people that were there so your indigenous Australians that were in Wellington and in the area and what about their stories and that led to you creating Survivors the documentary Survivors can you tell us about the project and what it was that motivated you to create it Look, I, th- I think I'm really lucky to grow up in, a, in in the town that I grew up in and I have a real sense of um, identity to that town. Um, we're a small town, it's about four, four and a half thousand people. You know, there's, there's a big rural community, um, there's a town community and there's an Aboriginal community as well. And then when I left Wellington and I moved to Bathurst to go to uni, I was mixing with a lot of people that didn't have, um, I guess, experiences with Aboriginal people. And the level of ignorance was was disturbing. And then I guess as my life sort of progressed, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy, I enjoyed uni, don't get me wrong, I've got some amazing friends, but 
I guess that that culture it just didn't fit my flow and then after that I sort of you know I did a number of labouring sort of sort of jobs went on a journey I ended up in Broome and Darwin working on purling boats and then it was probably around that time that I decided that I wanted to move to Sydney and and become an an artist essentially so I created a a series of uh, of photographs basically looking at the reflections of water and what that sort of did was that was me connecting with the landscape and connecting with um you know just connecting with what i saw because i guess when i when i take photos it is all about a feeling it's all about what's flowing through me what catches my eye and an emotional reaction to it and that's why i take that's why i'll take that photo so i created this exhibition at a, a cafe gallery in Bondi Junction called Curious Cafe with Barbara Vandermaid and a lady named Sarah Roney and she had a gallery, Sarah Roney Gallery. She got in contact with me and asked me to come in and show her some work, so which I did um, and was really positive. And then I was put straight into like a group show with her and I was like, here we go, we're, we're off. You know, like my dreams are coming true. I'm going to be like just making art and, you know, living off my art, which is, you know, that's the dream. And from there, I still had those seed, that seed planted inside me about, you know, the ignorance that I experienced. And from there, I spoke to my um, mentor, Sandy Edwards, and... I was telling her about, you know, there's something I want to do. I want to do something on Wellington because I think I always had that. There was, you know, because I love it so much. Sandy said to me, well, when, when are you going to start? And then from, you know, from there, I was like, oh, okay. When am I going, going to start? So then, then I, like two weeks later, I was in Wellington. And, and when I went to Wellington, I saw, saw a guy, um, Duckman, he asked me what I was doing and I, I said, I don't know, I want to do something on Wellington. There's something, you know, that I want to do. I don't know what it is. And then he just sort of said to me, well, why don't you do something on the mission? I was probably a bit nervous. I thought, oh, okay. And then he said, here, we'll, we'll go up to Arnie Beats. So we went up to Arnie Beaters and sat down and sat in a laundry and, and just, you know, chatted for probably about three or four hours. And I think, and that, and that was really the start. Then he took me to Uncle Budgie's and, and then... Arnie Tilly came came up to home and, you know, we talked and, you know, like it was, you know, that whole experience changed, changed my life because I think I thought I actually knew something about Aboriginal people and it probably took probably maybe three, three yarns that I realised that I knew absolutely nothing. So, so many interesting layers and aspects to that story. You know, we've got the teapots there and it's this very visual representation of a colonization history and certainly for me um, I'm 40 now growing up going through my schooling history was colonization I am pleased to say that my 11 year old son now does learn uh, about aboriginal culture as well thankfully and my four-year-old son's just about to start kindy and they work with uncle tamaru who is a ghana elder and they have an elder program at kindy which is what it should be thankfully that's where we're going but there are many and you, you talk about this ignorance because we haven't learnt this history and you know you were in a, a good a lucky position that you grew up feeling socially comfortable with aboriginal people and they were in and out of of your life but many australians don't have 
even that exposure and therefore without that there is this layer of, of ignorance and also I think that, that that tide is changing but there's also um, a fear of now how do we have these conversations how do we engage how to be how do I learn you know how do I learn about a culture that sur- actually surrounds me we live on country but we don't know what that means to live on country and how do we find that out so you know how did you go through that journey how do you navigate that journey and i think you sort of touched on it you had yarns you talked to these people and you went through that process and going ah there's so much i don't understand what are your you know what are your thoughts then about how do we navigate that as australians non-indigenous australians that want to learn more but we're not really sure you know we might not all be in a position to create a beautiful project and have the conversations like you did but what what should we be doing and like things that you learnt from that experience advice you might have if you want to know something you want to know more about aboriginal people i think it's really important to to learn about the history of where you live i think that's the first one of the first you know places to start and i think conversation if, if there's something you don't know you look it up on the internet or if, you, if there's something you don't know you go speak to someone like there were some people i've you know in projects i've done in sydney with the cooks river and i didn't know anyone like personally and i literally rang them up told them who i was and asked could i sit down and have, have a yarn with you and i didn't get a single no to have a conversation be be a human and and converse and don't put it don't put a time limit on it i think in our western culture we're like okay i've got to get this done i've got to be here dot 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 but when you're speaking with someone and that's what i learned you know in wellington and and talking to the elders is that there's there's a start and there's a finish and you'll both know when that finish will be because you'll feel it if you come across with your heart they will share their heart with you because that's what it's about. And I just read something uh, not long ago about the um, the Convict Valley, which is a book about the, the Hunter Valley. And they talked about um, Bungaree, who is the first, titled the first Australian. And he he um, circ- circumnavigate, navigated um, Australia with uh, Matthew Flinders. And, and he had, he was from Sydney around the Mossman area. And he had connections to Newcastle, and they said they they described him when he got to Newcastle and to other places that when he came onto someone else's country, they would actually sit in front of each other and not speak for twenty minutes. And the only thing I can think of as to you know that's a cultural practice, but feeling a person through the spirit, I think that's a really big that's a really important part. I think it's interesting because we talk about be in the moment. What you're talking is fundamentally being in the moment, engaging in silence, listening to each other without words. Like that is such a moment. What a great strength and skill to have and then to be aware, like incredible. And so I think it's interesting to think, you know, we create these vocabulary terms, be in the moment, but we could learn about that at such a deeper level so you then went about creating this project and you said it was a five-year journey tell us a little bit about that creation process from starting going i need to capture these stories i know there's something here that i really need to capture how do you bring that to fruition i was on a journey of of discovery i was learning and i needed to 
I just needed to get it out. I needed to get it out of me because there was something like just rattling inside me. Um, and, you know, and do, doing a project like that, you know, I can't, you can't do it by yourself. It takes the, it takes a community. It takes, um, you know, cultural advisors, you know, who, who are my friends um, and always checking in, always checking in, always being aware, never stepping out too far, tap into cultural energy and and you go at that pace don't become pushy because it'll all come down because it's that's not how things are done every i would go back home every two weeks four weeks and i was living in sydney and it's a five-hour drive so i'd go see my family i'd make sure i'd go see someone and then it just kept going and you know and it just started out as as, as a conversation so then from there we you know said oh we should record this you know my mate damo and and Dup, said the same thing so we're like yep we'll record the conversations and then we're like we'll take some photos while we're there because photography is my yeah it's my my thing because it, it for me it's about um recognition celebration and education that's really what it, for me that's what it was all about because i wanted to honor you know those those people and those families and i got around and, and i think that's one thing that sort of helped and I think that's where probably a lot of people would come unstuck when working with the community you have to work with all the families and that's really important because that's respectful and and I guess politically it's always hard to be a non-indigenous person working with aboriginal stories and I understand because there's a there's a bad history of non-indigenous people um you know academics particularly come in um and that's one thing I noticed when I was creating survivors a lot of people say you know are you, at university you're doing a doctorate and i was like no i'm just doing this because i'm passionate about it i want to know you know and and because i grew up in the in the town all all of those sorts of things and i think you know i think that really helped me um mm. having having that and direct connection um you know i'm on a journey and everyone that i meet on in my life is part of my journey the project is called survivors what, you know, if you had to sort of explain the project as an overview, what do you think are the key elements of the stories that you're telling? Um, celebrating, you know, these elders' lives. And I think elders that grew up on a mission are so incredibly important to Australian history because it's a unique time in Australian history. And I think, you know, those stories and those understandings need to be told. They need to be understood and they need to be preserved for the families. You know, in 200 years time, family will be able to listen to these recordings and have that history of their family. And, you know, I guess for me and, you know, talking about that mission story, my grandparents were involved in, in missions through the, um, the AIM in the, in the 40s. And then my great-grandmother, she, you know, she would have been around in the 20s. And I think that's probably where my, you know, I often talk about family lines and, and, and I guess my parents are school teachers. And so through, through this work, you know, I um, am in a way following my natural inclination in my family line through i'd like to believe that my grandparents worked in solidarity with aboriginal people but i know they were you know very christian baptist people and so they had their agenda and in and my parents were school teachers so they you know they they taught aboriginal people in wellington and you know as, as i grew up i was given a lot of respect and you know particularly by the the older girls you know the, oh, you know you're mr millgate's son and i always felt that that connection and, and that, that sense of care. 
you know, and I think survivors for me is like saying thank you that, you know, for, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, you know, we've had a number of shows, but one thing I noticed and I loved it when Aboriginal community came in and saw their family on the walls and, you know, that, you know, there was this, you know, you felt the love and, you know, there was laughter and joking around, like, you know, listen to this bloke sort of thing. And then other people's like, oh, wow, you know, I had no idea what a spin out. And then when, you know, non-Indigenous people walked in, it was like you could, you could feel the reverence. They were like, it was like they were walking into a church because these images are a metre by 67 centimetres and they're black and white and they're, they're basically headshots. And I, I used the, you know, a shallow depth of field and I focused purely on the eyes. And because I wanted, and with those images, there were, there were iPods with a set of headphones with um, excerpts of the conversations that we had. So some of these conversations went for four hours and we condensed it into like three minutes, four minutes. And what I really wanted for non-Indigenous people to have that opportunity to have that conversation or I guess an informal, uh, a transferal of information, of spirit to, you know, educate, educate my people about what it was like for Aboriginal people growing up in, in Wellington itself, you know, growing up on a, on a reserve and growing up on, uh, on the common where, you know, people built their houses out of tin humpies um, that they got from, uh, you know, scrap from the dump. You know, I often talk about, um, you know, Australia and I guess in my art practice, I'm analysing Australian culture. Where do I fit? Where do you fit? And I, I'm and I, and I guess because I'm, I want to have a conversation because mm. Australia needs to have the conversation. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I love Australia. Isn't this, you know, isn't this landscape amazing? But at the end of the day, like, I think if you don't love Aboriginal people and you don't, you don't care about what they have in this, in this spiritual landscape, you're not getting it. Mm. Because Aboriginal people are, are the heart of this nation. They're the heart of, you know, their many countries in this country, Australia. If you don't understand that and you can't feel that, you love the surface. You love the surface and that's fair enough. But there's so much more yeah. to know. There's so much more to understand and so much more to feel. Yeah. And it, as you mentioned, it's that deep connection to real Australia, to the heart that's yeah. in there. Asha, thank you so much. The insights are incredible. There is, I could continue this conversation for a long time and we probably will. But, you know, I just I really like that concept of celebrating and how we can go. So to stop looking at the surface and if we truly want to celebrate our Australian Indigenous history, our Aboriginal Australians, and to really understand that culture and connection to country, you know, we have to step up. We have to take a step and start local. Such great advice. So in conclusion, though, I always conclude with asking my guests for their be the drop tip. So that's based on the saying I like that a waterfall begins with one drop, you know. So how do we be the drop? How do we create communication or how do we communicate in a way that motivates and inspires? I would have to say a Saul, Saul Williams quote. He's a poet. Speak to a stranger. They might change your life. I think that's, you know, and I think that's the essence of what we're talking about today is to have a conversation. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 
thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.